One of the common questions I ask candidates, or just about anyone who wants to go into management consulting, is why do you want to be a management consultant? What, what compelled you to pursue this career from banking or research or engineering or whatever it may be? And I would say nine times out of ten, in fact, maybe a hundred times, hundred percent hit rate, yeah, people will tell me that they want to work in management consulting because of the scale of the impact to change the direction of businesses, sectors, governments, to make a large-scale impact across the world. And I listen to those answers and I think about those answers and I'm not exactly sure people understand what that means to make a large-scale impact. I do feel people have romanticized management consulting and they have a detached understanding of what a management consulting does and the true impact of management consulting. The impact is almost seen as a badge of honor and as something that is large-scale in nature. And my feeling is that that is not the impact of management consulting. I mean, I've been in more projects than I can count. I mean, I updated my resume the previous day because I wanted to put it onto the system. And I actually couldn't remember some of the projects. That, and I mean, I've done the project, but the actual details, I couldn't recall all of it. I mean, I recall most of it, and I had to spend some time just to re re rewriting everything I had with me. But the point is, the real impact of management consulting is not about large-scale change. It's It has nothing to do with that. And I think it's very important people listen to this podcast, because I do want to talk about the impact of management consulting in a way that counts. And if I if I think about this, I mean... I'm going to talk to you the way people like Marvin Bauer would have spoken about it from McKinsey, the way Bruce Henderson would have spoken about it from um, BCG, and the way, I mean, Bain is very lucky in this regard, their savior, uh, Orit Gadir, she's still alive, and she's chairman, chairwoman of the firm. You know, Marvin Bauer is deceased, and so is Bruce Henderson, but in Bain's case, she's still alive, and she definitely sets the tone of the firm. And to do this, to explain the real impact of management consulting, I want to talk about an actual project that I ran, um, when I was in consulting, and I was at that point, I was sort of one year in as being associate, but I was one of the high-flying associates. You know, I had a, definitely made a name for myself on the previous two, three projects, and I was assigned to lead the business case for the turnaround of the rail division of a very la large Latin American uh, conglomerate. So it was a holding company that held many different um, uh, businesses, and rail happened to be one of them, and the rail business was doing. Terribly, I mean, it was just an absolute disaster in every way. It had, um, over the course of years, it had obviously done well and then had sort of stagnated to the point whereby it had, it had expanded itself into non-core businesses like running entertainment ventures, running hotels, um, buying property, um, running construction services, totally unrelated businesses. But the bulk of the business, both in terms of the size of the balance sheet and definitely in the revenue um, split, was definitely the rail business, rolling stock. And basically when I say rail business, I mean they were transferring passengers and cargo rail, bulk goods, moving iron ore, moving steel, moving anything that was bulk good. Because it was one of the largest employees in this particular Latin American country. We were brought in by the CEO um, on behalf of the board of directors. And our job was to help turn around this business because it was not doing well. I was leading the business case stream and I had um, two um, um, analysts reporting to me. And I had one new associate who had just joined. But um, because 
he was new and had never been working on a project before, he was you know, paired in to work with me. It would give him exposure to business case thinking, which is one of the core skills of management consulting. And we spent a good amount of time obviously planning this. It was not the first large rail turnaround project we had done. Uh, we had a many experts within the firm, and I remember specifically reaching out to the people we had in uh, Europe who had been recently involved with the privatization of British Rail and so on, and you know, asking them, you know, what do we do? How do we plan this? How do we structure it? We had many such discussions. And eventually I flew across to um, uh, the, the site. We spent a week at the, cl at the client site, at head office, you know, talking them through how we would do it, just laying the groundwork for what we were going to do. And for many people, this is the impact of management consulting. When they talk about management consulting, they talk about meeting the CEO, changing the direction of the company, meeting the board of directors, presenting our initial thoughts, I have news for you, that's not management consulting. Where the true impact comes in is what happened in the second, I would say middle of the second week. Uh, I'm a big believer in understanding a organization's business. I mean, I'm pretty unusual in that regard. If we go to a mining company, I'll make sure I visit the mine, arrange it with some mine manager for me to sit in the truck that's moving the ore across and you know really understand what's happening. This particular case was no different. I wanted to go to one of the towns that have been built around the rolling stockyards to spend some time there, spend a few days there. I was going to have to collect the data anyway for the business case, so I thought, let me go there, take my team with me, and just spend a week there and understand how these people live. You know, just get a feel of what was at stake, what was the impact we were going to have. And we arrived in this town. Um, it's not exactly a village, it's not exactly a town, it's probably a town of about 50,000 people. But the point is, the largest employer was the engineering yards for this rail company. And we arrived there. Um, I remember very clearly, we arrived there. Uh, it was about probably 11 a.m. in the morning. We arrived. Many people didn't know we were coming except the um, office manager or the site manager. We came into his office and he, you know, nice guy, very friendly guy. I mean, he was told by head office to treat us well. So he obviously treated us very well. And he laid out a very nice agenda for us to speak to the right people and so on. And they definitely made a big impact to, to accommodate us. At lunchtime, a late lunch anyway, he thought it'd be a good idea for us to meet some of the people that worked on site in the engineering uh, yards to explain to us what they do. And I encourage that because my feeling is that while it may not exactly give us the data we want in this particular case, it definitely gave us an access to the culture of the organization. And this one sentence, sentence stayed in my head for the rest of my life. Um, no matter where I go as a consultant, now as an ex-consultant, this image always stays in my mind. We arrived there and we met about 15 people. They were all sort of mid-level engineers, but they were involved in, in the grunt work of you know, refurbishing the trains and doing the planning and so on. They don't speak English, obviously. Some do, but broken English. So we had an interpreter with us. And I remember one of the guys, a really friendly, f you know, sort of a guy with a quite a large belly, came up to us, handlebar master, shook my hand and said, you know, says something in Portuguese or Spanish. I'm not exactly sure the language. And the interpreter said, and I asked the interpreter, you know, what does the guy say? It sounded friendly. And he said, well, uh, he said, uh, he, he was telling his friends, these are the guys who are going to save us. And... He didn't mean that condescendingly or you know, critically. He meant that genuinely. They had heard that head office had called in these hotshot management consultants to turn around the business. And he meant it genuinely. These are the guys who are going to save us. And I, I actually, it took me a long time for that to sink in the meaning of what that meant. And I would say when I first heard it, you know, you're a young consultant, came from a top MBA school. You had a little bit of an ego on your... You know, you're egotistical and you think, wow, you know, I have so much power. But 
it took me a long time to understand what that meant. And I'll tell you what that meant at the end, but I want to talk you through how we learned about this company by spending time with these people. So we spent a week there and the weekend. I decided to spend the weekend. I, I thought it would be nice to not be a consultant who came in with his chinos and, you know, um, and his navy blazer and then jetted out at the first chance. So we spent, uh, my philosophy was let us get an office that was secure, obviously, given the data we are collecting, a secure office, but as close to the operations as possible, which the um, mine area manager was, uh, sorry, which the operations area manager was very willing to accommodate us with. Um, and we set up our shop there, made sure it was very secure. That's a very important rule for management consulting that our data is secure. No one can get access to it. We arrived with the workers. We had lunch with them. We socialized with them. We spent the weekend there. In fact, I remember very clearly the Friday night they decided to take us out to their local bars. There were only two bars in this entire town that should tell you how small it is. A lot of little restaurants and so on. It's a very family-oriented place. Everyone works for the same employers. So there's no secrets. And we go out on this Friday night and we decided to, you know, obviously you don't want to look like um, someone who can't handle hard liquor. So you have to do what the client does within reason. And obviously the client's trying to show us how, you know, macho they are. So they... They pull out these, um, I don't know what they drink in this place, but it was like a combination of tequila and something else. And they give us a raw egg, and they then give us lemon, a lemon slice and salt. And I can't remember the actual combination. I think I had to put the raw egg in my mouth with the shells, not allowed to use hands or anything, and chew it and swallow it then drink the tequila or something that looked and tasted a little bit like tequila, then take the salt and the lemon. I, you do that once. Uh, I was surprised I could do it once. You do it three times, it kind of gets to you. And the fourth time, you're not exactly sure what you're doing. But the point is, this you don't want to look as if you don't belong there because that's really the image of consultants. You know, they, they're very they're pencil pushers. So you, you want to blend in within reason, obviously. Don't do anything illegal, unethical, or damaging the name of your firm, but you don't want to fit in. So we did these things. We spent a lot of time bonding with them. That next Saturday, the company had arranged a um, um, event at the local stadium, where they invited a theatrical company to come in to do a play to explain the challenges going through head office. I thought it was quite clever, actually. You know, most of these people who work in the um, um, rolling yards were not well educated. They had left high school uh, before they finished. Some of them had never even made it to high school. There was an engineering core and management core which was well educated, but even so, they were very simple people. So we spent the time with them. We went in early, you know, helped to arrange stuff. Not we didn't have to do it, but I thought we should do it to show that we we're not just there, you know, as expensive consultants, but we really want to contribute and not just attend these events. Helped them set up. Met many of their families and children. Um, you know, you really bond with these people. You have these, I don't know if you've ever been to Latin America, but they really are renowned for steaks. I mean, it's the only place in the world where I've ever been to where they seem to treat shrimp and like it's cheaper than steak. In many, any, any other part of the world you go, they kind of revere prawns and, and shrimp and treat it with, with more, I think, um, they're more, more as, a, as a scarce item than, than steak. And, you know, these guys were just loaded up the, the shrimp and they had these beautiful barbecues going well into the night. And you really bond with these people. I mean, I don't speak any of the local language, but the interpreter was there. And the bottom line is you really get to know them. And we spent a week in that town and a week, and I did come back the following week to collect more data and so on. And when, you, when you're collecting the, 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 the data sheets, 
later and you look at the name of the person or you say or you realize well you know 50 people work in the um, repainting yard it's not 50 people work in the repainting yard it's that person who you met with their kids and their son was trying to go to university and their daughter was trying to make it or whatever it is the point is it's no longer a, st- a statistic so the project was going very well. It was one of my most successful projects. And really, when you're doing a business case, you either you can only do one of uh, about three things. You know, you four, five things I would say. You either cut costs, you help a company avoid costs, you increase revenue, you increase cash, or you manage risk. That's all you can really do, right, in a business case. And the interesting thing here is that the way the media paints sort of the the poorest of the poor, it's almost as if these guys were slackers, didn't want to study in school, and therefore get what they deserve because, you know, they didn't want to put in the time. And you meet these people and you see that they're really struggling, and maybe they slacked off in high school, but do you really think they would have done that if they knew they would have suffered so much? And I don't think they would have. I don't think they would have suffered with six kids and earning a salary of, what, $500 a month or whatever it is and not being able to buy clothing and so on. The point is, when you, unfortunately, the way business consulting, management consulting is set up is when you think of corporations, you think of these large organizations. But you never understand that the large organization is just one part of it. Every large organization has a very large percentage of it that make that is comprised of these people that have very little choices, very little options, are just struggling to make ends meet. And invariably, in any turnaround, people are going to be let go. And this project was no different. I mean, at the end of the day, we dramatically slimmed down that operation. I mean, we really took a, we took a knife to it and cut out everything. And when I say took a knife to it, I don't mean it in a derogative sense. We had to take out part of the business that either was eating up cash or was or could not be turned around in the time available, or the business should not have owned them in the first place. And unfortunately, the engineering yard was one of those that had to go. We decided to outsource it. Outsourced it to an f- another company, which it's not important w- who the company was, but the point is they dramatically slimmed it down because they because when we slimmed down the core business, there was less engineering work to do. So they decided to slim this down. They also brought in external talent. The bottom line is that the sort of, I think it was something like, at its peak, 15,000 people that, 15 to 20,000 people that work there, I think only maybe 5,000 survived, maybe less. And even today, probably even less made it. The point is, when you're a management consultant, that is the true impact of management consulting. It's not about changing a business destiny. It's, it's the impact you have on people's lives. And it's very difficult to do it because at the beginning of the project, you, you, you don't know who's going to go. But at the end of the project, you do know who's going to go. You have the names in some cases. I mean, some departments, when we asked them to think about how they would right-size their divisions, they would send us the spreadsheets with names. And I remember sitting in a discussion with one of these analysts from the company, and he was doing the calculations, and I asked him, you know, how are you going to decide who's going to go? He's going to say, well, we're just going to sort the spreadsheet out by um, salaries and those with the largest salaries are going to go and I said to my and I remember speaking to the interpreter we had and I said but that doesn't make any sense we should not do that we have to do a skills assessment yeah it wasn't my stream of work I was the business case guy and the consulting firm wasn't actually looking at skills assessment but the firm at the, the organization had to do it internally and I said you have to do a proper skills assessment you can't just cut these people you have to decide who firstly has skills that are needed for the organization, not now, but how we're going to plan the organization to be assembled in the future. Secondly, beyond that, you have to decide 
who has family and who is most likely to be able to absorb the shock of losing their job. It, it's not just an economic decision. But the point is, irrespective of how many ways you cut this, people that didn't deserve to be fired had to go. And that's the true impact of management consulting. You arrive there back after eight, nine weeks, and you're back there, and everyone wants to know what's happening. And you look at this guy, and you know that he's going to go. His division, at least, is going to go, so he's going to go. You may not know him by name, but you know his future is going to change forever. I mean, how do you go back to that site? You, you can never go back. You can never go back to that site after the announcement comes through in terms of what the changes are going to be. It's just not possible. You can't face those people. You haven't done anything wrong. I mean, because at the end of the day, you have to understand who you report to. You report to the board of directors who report to the shareholders. And the shareholders, unfortunately, are not the employees. Yes, they are in some cases, but the majority of the shareholders is some investment fund that sits in some cushy office in Rio, and they want to get their return on investment adjusted for the risk premium of investing in this emerging economy. And it's important to maintain objectivity. That is the difficulty of being a management consultant, the ability to maintain that objectivity. You know that what you're doing is going to be difficult either way. You know lives are going to be affected. You have to firstly make sure you give the right decision, and that means making sure the analysis is perfect. You make a mistake in rounding up or rounding down, and you've affected careers. The question is, have you affected the right careers or the wrong careers? And more more often than not, you should be affecting the right careers. In fact, 100% of the time, you should be affecting the right careers. And people always wonder, you know, when we do these estimation questions, when we do these cases, why are we so, you know, obsessed with them doing it correctly? Why are we so obsessed with them with being perfect? Because of the impact. It's not about whether you, candidate XY, wants to be a consultant, whether you were 80% correct. It's kind of irrelevant at the end of the day. What's important is whether you, candidate XY, if you get 99% of the case right, the 1% you got wrong, whose life are you going to impact? That's the true value of management consulting. What if you are wrong? What if you made a mistake in the numbers? You know, do you have the fortitude and I think the... Um, confidence and authority and, and intellectual know-how to be able to tell this company that firstly they're going to have to cut out thousands of employees in a recessionary environment when unemployment sits at about 30% and they've got to do this knowing the unions are going to be on their case. That's the true impact of management consulting. It is not about helping a company make itself better or I heard someone tell me you know I want to go into a company and make it a little bit better than it was before yes that's that's the intent but that's not the true impact the true impact is that either way lives are going to be affected people are going to lose their jobs I mean I, I never went back to that town I didn't have to but you know the point is what happened to those people I always wonder what happened to those people once I remember trying to google it and I, and I couldn't find anything and I mean did did nothing happen to them did they just you know was it trauma of the change so bad that they became drunken slobs and their lives never went anywhere. I mean, it, it, I'm sure it happened to some people. What about others? I mean, did they did they lose their job at the rolling yard and then decide that because they couldn't find a job there, they maybe went into Rio and got an education and made something of themselves? The point is, we'll never know. But certainly, we had a big impact on those people. That region, because of the closures of that um, rolling yard, went through tremendous upheaval over the next few years no investment. Eventually, another industrial company decided to set up a plant, but a much more efficient plant, so much fewer people found jobs. And if 
if urban r generation theory is anything to go by, then that town would have shrunk to meet the size of that uh, new employer. Those who couldn't move or didn't want to move would have become part of urban decay. And that's, that's management consulting. You know, when people say that I want to be a glamorous management consultant, it's not glamorous. The decisions you have to make are difficult. You have to be prepared to make them. You have to be prepared to pull the trigger and stand by your decision. And trust me, you have to stand by your decision. I mean, in that final um, presentation to the board of directors, I joined that board of directors presentation. Normally, as an associate, I wouldn't have joined. Or at least if I joined, I would have sat in the back and you know, been crunching the numbers of my spreadsheet and the principal would have been presenting. But I was asked to join, co-present, because... You know, I was I had confidence, I knew the numbers and I could speak well. And I remember the CFO telling me very clearly, look, what you say makes sense, but we cannot sell that to the board of directors. I mean, not, not the board, we cannot sell that to our, our unions. There's just no way they're going to buy it. And you have to do the following. You have to convince the CFO the numbers make sense. And, you know, up to a certain point, you have to make, you have to convince them to go ahead with this. Obviously, you can't, it's their decision at the end of the day. You can only advise, but... You've got to make it clear that if they do choose not to do this, this will be the impact on their bottom line and ultimately the impact on the share price and their viability and survivability. It's a tough decision. And let me assure you that in any meeting, there's going to be people who are going to stand up and say, hey, we can't do this for this reason. And they may present very compelling reasons, but the point is it irrelevant. You report to the board of directors, they want to raise their share price, they want to get the return on investment, is this the way to do it? And it's a difficult thing to do. I think that when people think about being a management consultant, you must understand the impact you have and why the selection process is so intense. I mean, it's certainly not the most um, far-reaching project I've had in terms of impact. I've worked on some bigger projects that had a much bigger impact. But I remember this project particularly because, first of how nice the people were, in this town, how friendly they were towards us. I mean, they were poor, they had nothing, but they were really kind to us, really friendly towards us, really... You know, they, they I've been in client situations where clients are difficult. They know you, what you, why you've arrived there, they know you're consultant, they make your life really bad. These people were not like that. They were not difficult, they were not trying to make our lives difficult, they just said, look, you came to do your job, tell us what you need and we'll help you. It was one of the best consulting projects ever in that regard, one of the worst projects ever for the impact we had. The company went on to be a great success, I mean, partly as a result of the project, but also as a result of some of the management decisions made thereafter. But the bottom line is the project laid the foundation for enormous wealth generated for the shareholders. But today when I see this company in its reconstituted form, because they're a major player today, I think about this town and the impact we had. And it changed the way I was as a consultant forever. Because when I became when I when I became an engagement manager and became principal and so on and moved through the organization, I always thought to myself, you know, we need to have the right people to make these kind of decisions. There are many organizations who make the wrong decisions. Many. I mean you've seen them, right? Enron, WorldCom. I mean, those are the ones who did things I think blatantly wrong, but there are also others who make bad decisions because of bad advice and, and suffer. And you never want to be in the position where people suffer. And ultimately, the executive ends up not suffering. Sure, he loses his job and he appears on the front page of a newspaper. But so what? He's going to get a big severance package. It's those people who don't appear in the paper. The, those are the ones you have to worry about. And more than them, you have to worry about their families. And it's a tough business to be in. You don't want to go in as a consultant who's just going to be protecting 
the employees because then you're a bad consultant. I mean, you're going in with an agenda. You have to be open-minded knowing that if you have to give the order or the instru- or the um, recommendation to fire 1,000, 2,000, 10,000 people, it has to happen if it has to happen. And I think that when you think about the true impact of management consulting, I mean, don't imagine what it's going to be like to be on some cushy project whereby you sitting in a nice office doing num- PowerPoint presentations. I, I want you to think about what that PowerPoint presentation is telling you, whose life it's going to affect, and it's going to affect someone. And you need to think about the impact you're going to have, because you're going to have an impact, good or bad. Someone's life is going to change, f- mostly for the worse, because it's you know, scarcity, and there's not enough money to go around or capital to go around. So when you think about the impact you're going to have as a management consultant, I mean, I I think that it's important that candidates understand the impact is not just at the top, it's mostly at the bottom, the people who have to implement what you're doing. And the one thing that always stands out to me is, is that statement, you know, these are the guys who are going to help us, but just the, the amount of talent these people had and how well they knew the business. And I remember we were talking about one of the new trains the company was looking to buy, and the engineers were telling me that they, they're not going to be able to use these trains because they cannot integrate it effectively onto the railway system. There's going to be problems, and we took their views into consideration in that regard. I mean, I remember spending a day in the life of, we actually timed how long it would take to reconfigure the old trains onto the track and the new trains that were came on. It added something like, you know, 120% of the time, and we worked out the cost, and we, we sent it into the head office. And as a result of that study, I remember the, the, the company actually made a decision to make changes to the new trains they were going to buy to avoid this problem. But I, but how many organizations do that? You know, Most lower-level people are dismissed because they're not executives. They just don't know what they're doing. And there's so much value there in those employees who are dismissed as people who are not ready to lead. And that's the impact of management consulting, the lives you affect. Hopefully you enjoy that podcast. If you have any more questions, please feel free to write to me. Thank you. Bye-bye.